Welcome everybody to The Williams Project. This is episode 40 and on today's episode we have a very special guest which is Rian Muhammad and he's going to be talking to us a little bit a little bit about himself and his property journey which should be very beneficial to all of you guys listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, so we're joined here with Rian Muhammad. Rian, would you like to say hello to everyone? Hi everyone, thanks for having me. So Rian is joining us today. He is 25 years old. He bought his first property at 21 years old and he currently owns four homes in and around New Zealand. So Rian has done exceptionally well for his age and I know we do have a lot of younger listeners so I'm hoping he can really add value to you guys and maybe give you sort of some of his advice as to how he got started out in property and also why he did as well because obviously there's lots of different options for, for where you place your money. So Rian, would you like to start by maybe just telling the listeners just about yourself, sort of who you are, what you like, where you got started? Just yep, definitely Blair, thank you. Uh, for me, I came to New Zealand when I was 12 years old. I came with my dad, he, was, um, he came here to study and I started my schooling right in Invercargill. Cool. And whereabouts were you living before coming to New Zealand? Mumbai. Mumbai. So born and raised in Mumbai. Yep. Yeah. So when we came here, we sold everything we owned in India. We used all that money to pay for our studying cost and we came here. I studied in Invercargill till I was 15. Um, then I sort of realized I wasn't getting anywhere. My visa was running out and I had, well, we all had no money. So we then relocated, I relocated to Wellington, got my first job washing dishes. So I would wash dishes in this um, Malaysian restaurant where I couldn't speak the language. So what age were you at this time? So I was 16 years old. Yeah. 16 years old, yeah. And I would, honestly, all I would do is get up, have shower, go to the restaurant, wash dishes till lunchtime, go back, and then restaurants would reopen at five o'clock. So what sort of hours a week were you doing back then? I would do anywhere from 40 to 60, 65 hours. Yeah, 16 um, years old. 16 years old, yeah. just hustling, Yeah. Basically. So you'd left school by that stage or? I started do- trying to do both, but because I was, if I would go to school in the morning, I would only be able to crank out maybe 30 hours max and that would pay my accommodation, my food, and that's it. Yeah, so you couldn't save, so you left school yeah, at I that couldn't, point? Yeah, I couldn't save any capital and also, the hourly wage wasn't the best. You know, you're looking at 12 to $14 an yeah. hour. So you left school at 16. Yeah. I yeah. left school so. at 16. I got washed dishes till I was 19. Yeah. Uh, saved a bit of money. Then I actually got my first proper re- retail job. That was in Health 2000 in Queensgate Mall. So I started doing sort of two days a week. So while washing dishes. Yeah. So I did about 10, 12 hours a week, then moved on to full time. Um, once I had saved enough money, I got a job offer in Christchurch in Hornby. They were doing, uh, they were opening a new store, so I relocated to Christchurch for that job. I took that job hands on, first time. Uh, bought my first house close to where I worked. Uh, that was when I was 21 years old. Cool. It's when I bought my first house and my 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 first proper job. So let's just summarize that, guys. So at the age of 16. Rian worked out that working to just pay for your food and accommodation was bullshit. 
and that it didn't work. And he took the step to drop out of school. Not that I'm necessarily suggesting that, but he thought the only way I'm going to get ahead is if I can earn enough money to pay my bills and then save up more or less some money on the side to then look long-term to, to prosper and invest that money. So really head off to you to make the move to leave school at 16 so you could wash more dishes to save money. 100%. And also, while I was at school, I wasn't really learning a lot like algebra. I'm still yet to use it. <laughs> Unless you know somehow I can use algebra to sell a house. Yeah. But don't really know how I'm going yeah. to use it. My so. teacher always said I wouldn't walk around with a calculator in my pocket, and that's proven to be a big lie. Yeah. So tell me about when you bought your first property was that one you were going to live in yep so i lived in that one uh it was a two-bedroom property i lived in one and i rented out the second second room yeah. and what made you want to buy a property was it just you weren't you were sick of paying rent and it just going into thin air or someone had told you you should buy your own home or well i was just trying to brainstorm how i look i had saved up maybe 65 70 thousand dollars by then it yeah, wasn't so by the age of twenty one you'd saved yeah. up sixty five to seventy thousand. And it wasn't growing. Like it would it would give me what two percent interest and did you from have, the bank. Did you have like a new car or any flash clothes? Did you go on any overseas holidays or no nope, nope, hustling. Pretty yeah. much I at that point, since I've come to New Zealand about at that time that was nine years I hadn't left it. Yeah. I hadn't even been to beautiful Queenstown or you know, it was just So it's fair to say there were quite a few sacrifices from more or less five six solid years of yeah. work to get yeah. to that and get to at, that position yeah and, and at that time i knew i'm like i wasn't going to get anywhere if i was to wash dishes work hard 60 hours for the rest of my life yeah it's it's not the way to live you've done your numbers yeah and you're like, I, I, I wasn't going anywhere so i was like look i've got 75 what would give me the best bang for this buck yeah right what would grow it how can i pay for my own future yeah. So I bought a house, a two-bedroom house. I would live in one, and I would rent the other one to one of my mates. He was paying 140 a week in rent, so that would cover half of my mortgage. Yeah. And I would cover the other half. I paid down my principal, um, and and it was your own home. You know, the property of the value was, uh, value of the property was growing, and and it's the convenience of knowing that you live in your own house. So do you still own that home today, or yes. yeah? And yes. that's in Wellington, is it? That no, one? no, it's in Hornby. In Hornby, in that Christchurch, one. Yeah. yeah. So you bought that after you moved from Wellington to Christchurch, yep. and then yeah. So yeah, and it's it's still doing really well. Like I never sell my properties, never yeah. have, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah. So tell uh, us about the next steps, because obviously you've gone from washing dishes to, to working at, um, was it Health 2000? Yeah. Yeah, and Ryan actually now works Williams Corporation as one of our property consultants. And just talk us through how you went from sort of, obviously you did very well and saved up a lot of money, bought your own home, which a lot of people would consider financial freedom as having your own home, having a roommate paying half your mortgage, you had a good comfortable job. What switched in your head to make you go, I actually want more properties, I don't wanna do this job anymore, I want to get to that next level. Yeah. What made you not just settle on that level of comfort looking at you coming from Mumbai and the life you had there to mm-hmm. then where you started off washing dishes? Mm-hmm. A lot of people would go, hey, I've got a happy retail job. I've got my own home. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to settle down and have kids. And Yeah. So the key part was all of those scenarios required me to work. Like required, like if, if I have a mortgage-free house, I still have to work to feed myself. Or if I die... Well, what are my kids gonna do? There's, there was no cash flow. I had a more, even if I had paid off the property, there would still be expenses. I wanted to increase enough cash flow that 
there will be money coming into my account every month whether no i what. work whether i work whether i'm on holiday if i'm dead yeah there will be money coming in every single month and that's what i'm working towards now too just increasing the cash flow adding new streams of income so if if something happens to my job there's money coming in from the other sources so tell us then about how you've also went from one house yeah and now you've got four with well the fourth one's currently yeah. being built how did you go from one house to four and what did that journey look like over is it a four-year period to go yeah. from one to four yeah yeah so the second property was hands down was the most difficult one for me to acquire because at that time i was obviously learning ways to invest nobody taught me anything it was it was me learning how how to grow and where right? did you learn that was it books was it Facebook was it did you pay for a course what what would your advice be to other people that are in a similar situation to what you were who they're interested about property but they don't quite know where to get started so I learned a lot of it via books and um, YouTube so following people like Ren Cardone Rich Dad Poor Dad so Robert Kiyosaki Uh, there's quite a few different YouTubers that you can follow and also books that will teach you about financial literacy but how to make money, how to grow money, how to make sure you get the best cash flow and also you don't pay everything you make in taxes. Yeah. So so the second house was a three year wait before from the first to the second one because I had to save 30% deposit. So as a rule, LVR rules, you need to have 30% deposit to then buy a second property. Uh, and the second property was about 490 yeah, so you'd say like 150,000 yep. while paying off your mortgage, yep. while obviously living yep. and paying for food. and Yeah, so one year after I bought my first house, I met my girlfriend and she had the same mentality of we wanted to reach somewhere where we can enjoy our life, raise our kids really well, spend time with our kids and, and also travel and see the world. And also help people that need, you know, it's people that can't afford family members of the sick we we in a situation where we'll be like look we'll, we'll take care of your expenses yeah that's fantastic so, so that was our goal so we we worked really hard the three years basically full time we never really stopped we both so you bought that second property with her with her yeah, yeah so over the, three years you both saved up roughly seventy five thousand dollars each pretty much yeah pretty much and then we we bought the second property was in Hallswell. yeah so it was a three bedroom three bathroom which we thought would be a house that we would raise our kids in uh, we still live in that property, uh, so we bought that property then. And after buying that property is when I realized, look, the next property, there's no way I will wait another three years to then buy the third property. So then I uh, realized that off the plans properties, we only needed 10% deposit yeah. because the LVR rules didn't apply. And you would have had some equity in your first home by yep. then as well? Yep, I used about uh, 30,000 of my equity for the second property and third property and then I used rest cash. And does your first property still in cash flow even after pulling $30,000 of equity out of it? Yeah, so right now, like presently when I'm, as we speaking, that property is on interest only. I pay $100 a week in interest and it's rented for 380 a week. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, significant. Yeah, and you've good. got sufficient equity in it, obviously. Yeah. Mm. If that's only if your interest bill is only a hundred dollars a week. Yeah, it's it's more than half paid off, yeah. and and it's been paid off by my tenant, not by me. Yeah, so I suppose that's a good um, understanding of your investment psyche. Is you don't want to go and I know what a lot of people say is, hey, buy a house, renovate it, 
revalue it and just forever have all these properties highly leveraged mm. you're obviously quite like trying to pay down the debt on each one long term 100% so it isn't it is actually paying you money and you're not just up to your eyeballs and debt levels mm. that are hard to service if interest rates go up and the properties also are good properties you know you feel proud when someone's living your property and they're like oh look I love this place yeah they're, they're, they're really heavily insulated they, they, they look really classy uh, and when I have my first kid, you know, I can take them a drive to Central Christchurch and say, look, that beautiful townhouse, I own it. Yeah. We own it. Yeah. So instead of going far away, 20K, 30K from CBD and be like, that used to be a real shitter. Yeah. We renovated it. That's our house now. Yeah. But so that third off the plan property, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And so that property is on Armagh Street. So just down the road from Margaret Mahi Playground. So for those properties, it's, it's all about long-term capital gains because the location is, is just land is diminishing in central Christchurch. People that bought properties in Wellington CBD, Auckland CBD five years ago, they've made the money, Yeah. right? It's all about seeing where will I make my next money. Christchurch is very undervalued. It's, it's second biggest, arguably second biggest city in New Zealand. So I thought, look, I can always buy properties in Rolleston or Wherever. There's always going to be another yeah. paddock, right? Yeah, ten buck two, I can always, yeah. you know. So based on that one, so you did a ten cent deposit on that one. Yep, I paid ten percent deposit on on that property. Uh, it, I, I bought it in April. It was off the plans. It was due to be finished in November, and it finished on November. Yeah. When the property finished, I had already lined up a tenant because I knew the property will be ready in November. So I started advertise August. Found a tenant, paid their bond. I got the keys. Three days later, they moved in. So what does the cash flow on a property like that look like since you do only have a 10 cent deposit? Yeah. Are you having to top that up each week quite heavily or is it wash its face or? No, well, I, for me, it's very important that the debt has been paid down. Yeah. Because I don't like to be heavily leveraged. Yeah. So that property now is it's tenanted and my tenants will be paying about $1,000 a month towards my principal. Yeah. And that's in a way it's increasing yeah, so they my cover your interest and some of your principal. And also all the expenses, residence agreement, it, it covers my rates, it covers everything. Yeah. As the time goes, my interest will be lower, there will be more cash flow, rents will go higher. Yeah. Property value will go, go higher and expenses will go lower. So going, and obviously your fourth property I touched on is uh, another, I know it's a central CBD property that's under construction now. What would you have, there's probably a lot of people listening that are probably your age, slightly younger, slightly older, that might own one property or might own none, and go, what would be your key advice for them to get themselves more in a position where you are, where you do have four properties, obviously three already finished, one's mm-hmm. under construction, you don't have high debt levels, you've got good tenants, you're not having sleepless nights doing maintenance or worried that the rent's not going to come in. What would your sort of one to three key points be to these people listening that want to to start a journey similar to what you've done with your property? My biggest advice would be to always look at a property as an investment. Even if you're going to live in, at some point you will move out in five years and 10 years and 20 years and that property would either be sold or rented. So you need to make sure it's in a location where it would grow in value. It would attract good tenants at whenever you need to um, and also would hold demand. So it's, it's property prices are depending on supply and demand. COVID-19 hit, everyone's like property prices will go down 30%. What happened? It's growing except Queenstown because supply and demand doesn't add up there. It's, it's simple um, economy. 
So Definitely. And I think one thing I want to add in on your behalf, because you probably won't say it about yourself, but one of the key points is just how hard you have to work. Like Ron was, like I said, dropped out of school so he could wash dishes in a restaurant where he couldn't communicate with the people he worked with because mm. they were speaking their native language mm. and they didn't speak any English. So like, what was that like to work in? Awkward. Yeah. Really awkward. <laughs> and I learned sign language as as good as I could. Basically yeah. it was it was hard. But I knew that it's it's going to be a struggle for three years. That's why I really appreciate all the work I've done before. Yeah. It set me set me really well. Yeah, gave you and, the morals of what hard work looks like and yeah, what's required. And also the reality of how hard it is to be poor and I never want to be. So yeah. I will work now fifty hours if I if I can because I want to grow more. Yeah. And I want to help people like I want to be able to help my dad when he grows up. Yeah. Because well, he sold everything to come to New Zealand to set my future. Yeah. And you can't pour from an empty cup, right? 100%. Like everyone thinks that there's something bad about being rich and successful, but it's like if you don't fill your own cup up, you mm. can't pour anything into anyone else's. Well, rich people employ, yeah. rich people pay taxes and then they employ people. So I yeah. don't see anything wrong with being rich. But hey, I think that's really commendable what you've done, Rian. Like just to summarize, so. First property at 21, now owns four at 25. He doesn't have huge debt levels. He's got good tenants. He's got his head screwed on well. And I think from an outsider's perspective, one of the main foundations and fundamentals was coming from harder times where you know how good you did have it, mm-hmm. even though it might not have seemed like the most ideal situation. And then two, also just hard work. Anyone out there wants to buy property or owns property, it is hard work. You can't just go out every weekend, buy the latest clothes and designer handbags and things, and then also expect to have this huge property portfolio on the side, there is going to be a sacrifice. But I think it's now, well, Ryan probably won't be this way inclined, but once you do get to a point you are, if you do want to buy yourself something nice, the prospects do open up, don't they? You're not yeah. forever having to live hand to mouth while you're saving. 100%, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, I think that's been um, really, really valuable. Now, guys, there's two things I want to touch on before we wrap it up. One is if you've found value in this podcast, I highly encourage you to send it to a like-minded friend. That is the fee for listening to this. Also, Rian's details can be found probably on Facebook's the best way to get you, is it? Yeah, or Williams Corporation website. Yep, so either Williams Corporation's website or to search Rian Muhammad on Facebook. I'm sure Rian would love to hear from any other people that have questions for him or if you're happy to take questions from people, yeah, I presume. Yeah, any advice, like any value I can add. Yeah, I'll like Rian's a very honest, very transparent person. And I'm sure I'd love to share more of his journey with individuals or even just sort of, I wouldn't say tips and tricks because it's never... It's not really tips and tricks about it. But if you've got a question or you're struggling with something, Ryan would love to help. And also, for that matter, I'd love to help. So hopefully this has given you guys an insight on what's possible. Regardless of your age, if you're 30 listening to this, there's a situation where you can end up in what's 10 you, five years? Yeah, five yeah, or six five, years. Five, six years, yeah. So like, guys, you're never too old to get into this. Mm. So hope you've taken value. This is the Williams Project, episode 40, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>